There's this town, their version of Santa Claus is a man named Everett Bergeron. Her greatest Christmas gift. I'm here to write a story about you. Maybe finding a whole new family. You're Everett's daughter. <sighs> he seems like a good guy. Tell him when you're ready. Once I tell him, everything's gonna change. For the better. Well, I would like to raise a toast to my family. Cheers! Yeah! My Southern Family Christmas on Hallmark. Welcome again to the sixth episode in this season, Stocking Stuffers. I am Emily, and as you heard from the trailer, we're here to talk about a very special movie that has some things going on, and we're going to dive into all that. But I say we, and you're wondering, Emily, have you lost it? Are you talking to yourself? No! I am talking to one of our favorite regular guests, the one, the only, the head hauntress herself, Elizabeth Gray. Hello! Emily, I am so happy to be back and happy holidays. I can't believe it's been a year since we've talked. It seems like it was only yesterday. It does. It does. Uh, where does time fly? It flies out of an empty coffee cup. That's where it flies. Uh, oh, my God. Yes, it does. And baked goods. Yes. Uh, now, good. this this movie, <laughs> uh, again, like we're obviously, as we say, like, oh, we'll get into it. We'll get into that. Like, trust me, we'll get into this one. Uh, it is Hallmark's My Southern Family Christmas, which okay. I initially had written out as A Southern Family Christmas. And I didn't check, but I guarantee you there's probably like... I am interested now in trying to find maybe one season I will pick a generic title and only do movies that shuffle the words around in that generic title. Because <laughs> oh, I think okay. you could probably do seven episodes on a Southern family Christmas, S- Christmas with my Southern family, and so on. But this is my Southern family Christmas, twenty twenty two. Uh, Christmas in the South, Chris, and we'll, oh, that's uh, Christmas in a Southern state, of which, several of which, the director of this film, Emily Moss Wilson, has directed. She has directed uh, Christmas in Mississippi and A Christmas in oh. Louisiana. I know that I covered one, if not both, of those movies over the last few years. I could not tell you which one or two. I, I'm pretty sure it's Christmas in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I seem to remember you uh, covering that as okay. well. She she's not the Santa Jaws chick though. That's a different. No 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 no. I didn't think so. No, so. There is. I mean, it's it's great. There's a, there's a lot of chicks behind the camera when it comes to Hallmark and Lifetime and anything Christmas related, which is uh. always welcoming to see. Uh, it, yeah, it's too bad. In genres I watch on a regular basis. Well, I mean, she also directed the Nanny Seduction. So oh. <laughs> to me, that's it. Like okay. that pairs well with this. I mean, that fits my watching. So that's uh, how sometimes I end up having seen a lot of these directors' filmographies. I mean, I I am like that as well. I mean, I watched Barbie with Talk to Me as a double feature. Nice, nice. So I get it. I get it. You know, and they oddly work. Together. I can see that. I mean, we yeah. had Talking Barbie in the '90s, so it all fits. Yeah, I know. So anyway, that's. But this, we're talking here about Christmas, but mm-hmm. horror, horror is definitely on my mind. Because, it, as it uh, always is. And I it, think that's why you picked this movie, is it not? Uh, I was going to say, and something stood out to me that, made, that I immediately like looked through and said, oh, my God, I immediately contacted you and said, there is, this is it. A, this is the one. There is a, actually a Hallmark movie with Bruce Campbell mm-hmm. in it. Yes, he's already done one of these Christmas movies, but not an official Hallmark on Hallmark Christmas movie where he plays oh my god when we get to the countdown the most important thing ever Uh, (laughs) I mean I I didn't know it was 
canon, but in my mind, it is now head canon mm. uh, about Bruce Campbell. So I, uh, you know, we'll talk. So I was really excited to bring you my Southern Valley, uh, my Southern family Christmas. I was really surprised that it's not like any of the other movies we have reviewed on this show. It's not. Uh, now this does. Fit the Hallmark genre. I assumed oh, yeah. ten minutes into this movie, I thought to myself, "Oh, this is this was probably the Hallmark uh, Mystery Channel. They have kind of a uh-uh. Hallmark has a couple of channels. They have a Hallmark Movie Channel. They have another one that's supposed to be like mysteries, and it's usually where you have some of the more um, dramatic stuff. Like the Christmas well, Train was on that channel, and, and his last that. movie, One December Night, was on that channel. Right, right, right. Yeah. So yeah, no. So I understand the assumption, but no, this was straight up Hallmark. It's straight up Hallmark, but it. It is almost more drama than comedy. And, and it also is not the usual form. I mean, it is the usual formula, right. but they're bending it a bit, which yes. I, I, I don't know if I appreciate, but I do like that they were trying to do something a little different with this one. Mm-hmm. And I think they were trying to step up their game because they had Bruce Campbell in this movie. Because Maybe. I cannot believe for a minute that the main character's name in the script was originally Campbell. <laughs> That's probably very true. Yeah, Uh, seriously. It's the kind of second film this year where, um, and second Hallmark film, although uh, Scottish Christmas, Merry Merry Scottish Christmas was 2023, but it's the the second one where the central relationship is less a, it really isn't the romance. There is romance in this movie, and we will get to that, but the core plot of this movie is not about a, a romantic relationship which is very not at all yeah no no that and then that in some ways is refreshing mm-hmm. um as is the lead is a little different than what you meet in most of these uh hallmark movies at the same time i feel completely pandered to <laughs> so let's go into it let's uh well actually <laughs> we should we should give a summary of the movie first because i totally get what you're saying um <laughs> before we dive into this can you explain what my Southern Family Christmas is about. Tell us the plot. You can go okay. to spoilers. That's all good. Uh, there's no way you can't do this without spoilers. Yes. yes. Um, okay. Or, I mean, again, you, you know where it's ending, even though it has a couple of surprises along the way. Yep. All right. So we have our lead. Her name is Campbell Wallace, I believe, is her, mm-hmm. is her name. And she works for a magazine in Dallas. Uh, and uh, she's one of those travel magazines like you read on the airplanes. Yes, so which is goes, kind of a dream job of mine. That would actually be fantastic. Oh, that shit would rule. But I don't think they do those magazines anymore. I'm pretty uh, sure they keep cutting costs. I, I, I fly Spirit. They have they, they pay you to change your underwear. Though. I was going to say, so, you fly Spirit if you, you get a discount if you can fly the actual plane, right? Yeah, yeah. No, so, you know, I, I have no base where I can tell you one way or another. But either way, she gets to do all this cool hot shoddy stuff and her her surprisingly young encouraging boss right well like like not evil boss ambitious but not evil boss right 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 uh, uh, played one, by played by an important uh actor who is in a lot of these movies west brown you would recognize him from i think christmas in mississippi or christmas in anything he's very good looking um and it is funny to see him, which because that happened in another Christmas movie this year, where you had, or it was Will Kemp in Scottish Christmas, where you now have this like Hallmark cinematic universe of actors that they're sort of doing. Um, it almost feels like they're doing the 
uh, Ryan Murphy thing of like taking actors that you've seen together with other actors, but like giving them different parts and different like small roles and things. And it's sort of this now like theater company of actors. But I digress. Continue. Oh, but yeah, but he he's totally asking for because first of all, they're working on next year's uh, Christmas articles which is actually on brand that actually is really how true, they, from, true. Yes, yeah so yes. I, they wouldn't I, yeah. be sending her to louisiana the week before christmas if the no, story no, was not at all That's so very true. um so anyway but i thought that was a cool note that they put that in there uh because usually it's like a last minute like rush yes, to the small yes. town no, <laughs> quick no, you have no. to, the deadline is christmas eve no it's not nobody's yeah. reading this on christmas yeah so uh they all of them give these like exotic ones and then she's like um talk to her friend and her friend earlier her sassy sidekick friend that works there also very encouraging was like well keep it personal and uh then she gets a uh, she goes home and gets a phone call and this phone call is from a woman who says i think i'm married to your father she hangs up the phone freaks out looks at a picture of a very young looking bruce campbell in a picture oh my gosh like like evil dead era young mm-hmm. oh yeah uh, um with a baby and he goes she goes hello everett and that's how we started and so she pitches the uh the idea of going to the town where he is in because he's about to become paranoel which is a major plot point in this yes. movie uh a paranoel is the cajun santa uh, and by the way, the, uh, in the, the town is Sorrento, which is actually a real town in Baton Rouge, outside Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so I, w- I had to look up. And I thought it was a real town. It's totally a real town. Uh, so, so she's going on location to Sorrento for her supportive boss who thinks it's a good idea to have a, a close to home article. But honestly, here's where I, I say the truth is, is the other ones were too expensive and hers was the cheapest. <laughs> That's actually Probably. how I feel yes. about it. They put her on uh, Spirit Airlines and sent her yeah. down there. Well, Dallas to Louisiana is a normal traffic commute for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Um, and uh, if you read Charlene Harris's vampire books, that commute happens in several. Okay. Uh, so I, 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 which is a weird thing to like reference, but once again, <laughs> horror on the mind. This is uh, where we build our knowledge base. It's all good. Yes. Yeah, so, so she goes to Louisiana to Sorrento and meets the woman who called her, who is married to her dad. Who is played by the cutting edges, Moira Kelly, who was the cast initially as Kit Keller in A League of Their Own, but then broke her ankle while filming a cutting edge and could not be in A League of Their Own. And history was made. Continue. Oh, and she's done a lot, too. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't recognize her at first, and I'm like, oh, my God, she's got, like, a quite a resume. Mm-hmm. And she's from Long Island originally. Yeah, so so we might talk about her later on our, on yes, our tropes yes, count. Um, but she totally promises not to tell him until, she's, until Campbell's ready to tell uh, Bruce Campbell that that's her real dad, Everett. And so... Hijinks is Sue's because he thinks she's a journalist the whole time, but it's not funny. Hijinks, it's actually like I said, more serious and kind of uncomfortable at times. Yeah, it feels like a weird. uh, So he left the family, right? So yeah, we don't know why. He yeah, was having really a dark out. time. Yeah. Uh, he were having a dark time. They never actually say why. He is now a fully uh, fully reformed man. He went mm-hmm. home, actually. He left her behind because of all of that. But at the same time, he left her behind because he had to go home and take care of his dying father, who there's yep. some baggage there they touch on and don't really. And then it's dropped. I yes. don't know what was happening. But there is something dark there, which, you know, once yeah. again, 
Yeah, like right. I said, this film was a little darker than some of the others. Um, and so he stayed home, got married to this woman, had two kids, and uh, you know, Campbell wants to meet her sister. So she's an imposter in her own family, hanging out with her sisters, baking a lot of stuff. Lots have, of baking. They have a so much they baking. have a food truck and a uh, a much a bigger very, food truck than Xmas. Yes. Yeah, and 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 they said that they actually distribute nationally. So they the food truck's local, but they make they actually make a decent amount of money. Which makes sense because they have a gorgeous house. Oh my god, do they? I liked it better than the house of of Campbell's friend, family in Dallas. I thought that was just garish and huge. But that felt very just generic lifetime house. Whereas this oh. one, I like the design of the kitchen. Yeah, they had the cooktop in the middle of the island, so you could like stand and talk to people while you're cooking, which is something I really appreciate. And they are shooting on location, so you mm-hmm. gotta give yes. them credit for that. They are shooting in in Louisiana, and there and it has that. A little bit of the flair. I only say a little bit because, boy, is this like the most whitewashed Cajun country. <laughs> I, none of those people that are the main characters. Now, there were some extras, but main characters are not from that area Fair. <laughs> at all. Fair. At all. Anyway, so so she goes and she's in the family. She's doing the story. She meets this hot, hot young archivist dude where she's staying at this guy's house. Uh, the mayor is the sage person giving everybody advice and has all the expositional backstory. But he's very compelling. We like him. And we all root everybody on. And mm-hmm. then she still can't tell him, even to the point where everyone want that like half the town now knows and, and <laughs> they, right. they're they're like trying they're like actually conspiring to get them to tell each other the truth um and they don't and to the point that there's actually a moment where you actually think that maybe it's not going to happen but this is of course a hallmark movie of course everyone falls in love and he's been writing her letters all his life so she can catch up on him fully he's a good man she's a good girl and and she's not asked to quit her job and the young hot god what guy wants to go traveling with her the end yeah so so there we go yeah it's it's a lot more plot than most of these movies it again uh, something i'm really appreciating this year is this is i think like the third coda i've had in one of these movies which is great because normally we don't get them we just get like they they end on a really chaste kiss and then the credits roll immediately yeah no the kiss actually i actually kept clocked in the kiss because i thought it was early and mm-hmm. it was it was at an hour six yeah. of, uh, and the movie's an hour 45 so there was still like 17 some minutes mm-hmm. of the film before um at kiss time so uh you know it it was no it, it like i said it, it bet convention a little bit yet it's completely on brand very much very much uh so with that let's dive in to these <laughs> tropes so number oh, yeah. one being our female lead in need of a lesson oh uh, she absolutely needs one what do you think she needs to needed to learn she needed to learn that she has enough love in her heart to have forgiveness oh. and to bring her families together that's very sweet and actually is true uh i okay i'm gonna make a confession it's, you know, like, look, holidays, when we know this, because the whole point of these movies is that they know a lot of people are, like, emotionally a little bit more fragile than they normally are. And I'm watching this today, and I get to that last scene, and I'm like, am I going to fucking cry? I felt it too, right? Just ever so slightly, I yeah. got the clumped at the end of this movie. My eyes were burning. I was there. I was on the edge. It was coming. <laughs> it was very sweet. 
And, and so I can't say that that is not actually one of the more positive messages I've seen in one of these movies. It's not like I'm giving up everything for this hot guy right. to relive in the small town. No. Matter of fact, I don't, she wasn't asked once to quit her job. Matter of fact, you know she went back home because the last shot is her house uh, in Dallas. So, you know, she... It was just kind of surprising now, uh, but she still needs to learn this lesson. And it's not an easy lesson to learn, especially since she feels like she's been abandoned by her father. And technically, she, well, she was. Through, she 100% right? was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he left he her as a baby. And, you know, we that. find out later that uh, he he did a few years later, he decided he was in a better place and maybe he would go reach out. And he, you know, has this like kind of very sweet story about going to see her in like a Christmas pageant and watching her and decide and realize then he did not go and say hello because she had a new family that her her mother had remarried. And clearly this man who we meet is her stepfather was very loving. And he said to himself, she doesn't need me and I'm she's better off without me. And he left and it's and she hears this and she understands it. And it's actually very graceful and, and sweet. Well, can we give a mic drop to Bruce Campbell in that scene? Oh, he's so good. He was really good in this movie, right? <laughs> he really he was. was. He might have been better than the movie he was in. He, you know, because so. we did one December night, I think two years ago or three years yeah. ago. And it was disappointing to me because I'm like, it's Bruce fucking Campbell and he's just not Bruce Campbelling. And it, this, he's not Bruce Campbelling. He's just acting and he's good. It's not a role I have seen him do. Uh, he's my hero for a reason. Yeah, he's great in this. And you he's... Know, he's the best B-movie actor that's ever lived of course. and will always live. So, you know, uh, Lord and Savior, Bruce Campbell, up there with Lemmy. <laughs> you know, they're going <laughs> to keep care of us. You know what I'm saying? Well, let's, we have our... <laughs> before, we should talk about J.C. Elliott, the lead. Okay, yeah. I, I don't know her very well. This looks like she has a pretty long resume behind the camera and in front of the camera. Well, I guess she's um, a Grey's Anatomy person. And I yeah. have, I watched 20 minutes of Grey's Anatomy like 15 years ago because all of my friends watched it. And I wanted to be able to talk to them. They would all talk about <laughs> it and I felt left out. So I'm like, all right, I'll watch the show too. I could not, I don't think I lasted 20 minutes. I, I wanted to throw my TV out the window. I thought it was so painful. Now, again, it's clearly just not for me. People love it. I don't get it. That's fine. But she was apparently in that show for a while. I, I saw that she was in her show and she was pretty young when she started. Mm-hmm. Apparently, like she played some intern or something. Right, and, right, right. And I, I actually read their resume is on their uh, Hallmark channel and it said that she had been on Entertainment Weekly. Do you remember? I miss Entertainment Weekly, by the way. Oh, the, the old uh, that, days of Friday oh, yeah. night, Friday afternoons. That was, oh, looked forward to it every week. That was like the only magazine I've ever had a subscription that when I moved, I took the subscriptions with me. <laughs> nice. So, anyway. Um, but yeah, this actress, it's, I mean, I'll just say it. It's really nice to see a woman that looks like somebody I could know in these movies. If, um, if, I, if, I, if this was me in that movie, that's the actress that would play me. Right. Yeah. I can it see it. It really is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a little glam, more glam version of myself, mm-hmm. you know, and she's nerdy. Yes. And she, li- and she likes archivists. She does. Yeah. She got a thing for him. 
Yeah. So, so yeah. she's cute. I, I was, I know she has done more of these. This again, this was last year. She apparently was in one in fall called like design to love or something that was about <laughs> a plus size designer, um, which kind of sounds like something I have to seek out. So uh, yeah, just a welcome addition to the, to the Hallmark club. So I was, I was happy with, with her work in this. And, and for what once the dangly earrings are on our lead. They are on our lead, uh, and mm-hmm. and they look good on her. I, I that was actually one of the first notes I wrote: dangly earrings, circle, circle, circle. <laughs> because I've never seen that before, where the lead had the earrings, right. and she wears them the entire movie. She's got some You're kind right. of crazy earring on. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's a style choice. It's it, it's my second favorite fashion moment of this movie. Oh, okay, okay. So that's the big finale, so we'll save <laughs> uh-huh, that to the end. Yeah, all right. The number two is our bland love interest. So let's talk about Jackson <laughs> Shepard. First of all, his last name is Shepard, which I don't know if mm. this year you have the trope about people's names. Yeah, I kind of have it just bundled up with the lead, but this year, this is like the third time, we again, we've had it where it's the man who has a more Christmassy name than the woman. Yeah, so, and his father used to be the previous Paranoel, and he is the nerdy uh, record keeper's guy that's super hunky, except for when he takes off his, you know, but it's hidden in the glasses. It's a very Clark Kent thing, yeah. Oh my god, so Clark Kent. Um, his cons- and at one point he tries to, like, set up a date with her, and it's to look through a box of files. I mean, <laughs> you're sitting there going, like, this is my porn. Um, you know, I was an archivist for 20 years. So I, I, I first of all, never seen an a archivist that hunky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, never. Uh, usually they were 10 or 15, maybe even 20 years older than I was. So they were they were cool, though, uh, because one of my uh, co-workers, he was the lead of the fan club for Linda Carter. So, you know, so, you know, Pretty we're cool. nerds. Bragging, that right. Is, yeah. That part is on brand that we are nerds. Mm-hmm. That that part I I can't say that we're not and and good journalist is a nerd too because you got to get in those boxes and read stuff. Yep. Um, <laughs> so so that part was cool, but I really he didn't have anything really to add to the story. Well, it's interesting because it's not the primary story of this movie. It's just one addition. And you almost wonder, like, I, I would love to kind of chicken and egg this to figure out, like, hey, how did this movie kind of come to fruition? And was it we want to tell a story that is where it's not the romance, where it's actually about a parent-child relationship? And then did they have that? And they said, oh, but you know what? We really need a romance in here. So let's just write somebody in really quickly and, and have it have him there throughout. And for me, weirdly, it didn't bother me because I think I would not have wanted the entire if that this re- relationship was the primary story of this movie, it would have been boring. Um, these two actors are cute together, but it's not. There's nothing that that dynamic, and I would not want wanted to have sat through that. But him <laughs> just sort of being there and having very little conflict. Um, it was fine. And then it has that like really refreshing ending. And again, we were saying this, I've seen this once before. I can't remember the name of the movie. It was, um, I think it was a lifetime movie from like four years ago or so where it ended with the man saying like, I am going to uproot my life to go because you have a job and I'm going to go follow you because he, he says, he's like, I've lived in this town my whole life. I would like not to, you have a much cooler life than me. Okay. I'm going to come move in with you and we'll go to Morocco on assignments. I don't know what he actually is going to be doing. Like, can he still be a town archivist 
remotely. I, you know what? Maybe I don't know. Well, that that's another movie and another time because true, you true. know there's always questions like that, and sometimes we, you and I both will go down that rabbit hole and it's think dangerous. about. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Uh, I have a song like I'm doing that with right now. You don't want to do that. Okay. There's a um, lot of red shoelaces going on. Yeah. And it just, I mean, yeah. maybe he, maybe he'll take a librarian job. I mean, it is mm. Dallas. There's a lot of work there. True, true. So, yeah. you know, or because everyone is a fucking coffee fiend in this movie. Not that I have a problem with that. Cause I am too. Uh, maybe he opens a coffee shop. He Dallas, opens up a food know? truck. That yeah. Only serves exotic coffee yeah, out of exactly. very light cups. Yes. And a really. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It, it really is. Most of the coffee shots are with him. Right. True. True. That's his job is to give us empty coffee mugs. That's hey, somebody's got to do it. I guess so. All now, right. moving on. Number three is our setting. So, again, the big bad city. We, we get a little Dallas, but not much. And then we go to Louisiana. Sorrento. Sorrento. And uh, and there's some really nice shots of, of, of the bayou in this yeah. movie. Again, uh, like, they, they went to location. They It feels like it. It feels like they took advantage of the greenery. And, you know, the Louisiana landscape looks different from the Canadian landscape. And it's nice to see. But none of the primary actors are from that area. Not a Cajun what? accent to what? be found. Um, but I will give them credit for background actors because they did look like they hired locally. And I did see in the scroll that they had a local ex- background hire. Okay, uh, good. Uh, so they were giving local work to Sorrento at the town. So, so there might have actually been real people in that audience. Uh, so, but I still like even even like the French. Okay, I don't speak French. Uh, I have been to Louisiana a lot, though. I was actually there this past February uh, for the Chewbacca's parade. So I I actually know quite a bit about Louisiana, but I've never heard French pronounced that way before. Well, I know like Louisiana kind of Cajun French is very different from it is. It France is. French or even Montreal French, uh-huh. but I I have no uh, way of knowing if anything uh, here was legitimate. It, it, I mean, it, it, Bruce Campbell sounded awkward when he yes. said it, and uh, so did our lead was a little better, but she also was awkward. The kid. She's French. She is French. She is actually yeah. from France, the actress. So, she, she, so yeah, her French. But it's going to be a different French. I mean, she's you know, from, like, real but, France. But as... she felt authentic when she spoke, not when she Right, Campbell right, did. right. The oh, kids were also questionable. I don't know what was up with the kids and mm. that. But, uh, you know, but th- so there was, I, but, you know, that's just me being a nitpick because I, yeah. I, I, I just wanted more, more Cajun Fair. in the flavor of, and there is dashes of Cajun flavor all through the movie. Yes, and, yes. And they come up a lot in the food, which we'll get to. And the music, too, actually. Mm, yes. So yeah, we'll, good point. Yeah. Number four, dead parents or dead wife? No. Well, Bruce Campbell's dead dad. Yeah. Okay. Yes, there is Des Campbell, but he's like, it's talked about once and it's dropped, but our lead, she's got like two families. She's got, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. Very much. But the, because I felt the same way at first. I'm like, man, no dead parents. And I'm like, well, we don't know what happened with his dad, but it's clearly a thing and it clearly. 
uh, you know, was one of the other like plot motivators. So I'll, I'll take that. I'll take having what? his dead dad. Okay, and and it was dark, like something right. dark. We it don't know. Definitely it was. Yes, because uh, this movie I, never tells us what really happened. No, we it's never weird. find out. It's very weird. I, uh, and I kind of wish maybe I I don't think because it's a Hallmark movie they actually need to tell you. But it would have been cool to have like this really dark speech come out of Bruce Campbell's mouth. I would have been totally on board for it. Mm, yeah, it would have worked in this. But. Yeah. Uh, number five, sassy sidekick. It's kind of a movie where the sassy sidekick is the lead. In a way, because normally I think both that character and that actor would be in that part. So she doesn't have, throughout the movie, she doesn't have that, like, voice to bounce things off of. I guess, in a way, her mother is kind of the the person that's there to sort of field the questions and give advice. But there is, and you mentioned her earlier, and I was getting very worried, because there was, in that first scene, her coworker friend, who felt, again, very written as the, okay, we're going to have, uh, you know, she's going to have a sassy coworker, and that sassy coworker is going to have to say, girl twice in very awkward ways it, it wasn't that bad though no so. it just again it, it felt like one of those things where somebody has like screen like the screenplay said girl comma this 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 and then they cast a, a black actress to do this who then has to say girl but, but it doesn't feel like she wants to say girl and i wish they had let her just not say girl but yeah okay i i see what you're saying but she's only luckily she's only in one scene yes you know for her at least uh (laughs) but it also would have been nice if we had a sassy sidekick to go along but it really wasn't it wasn't about that kind of relationship no no we already are sandwiching a love story in, having a friendship story in there too or having like the comic relief you know goofy person to the side we did not need you don't here. need a comic relief when you have Bruce Campbell. True. That's a good point. Uh, number six, our villain, uh, evil woman or evil boss. No. Not really, but no. I want to give the stepmom uh, a, a half a brownie points for her conniving. Mm, okay, that's fair. He was very manipulative in his whole thing. In, in, in yeah. positive ways, but she's been orchestrating this whole thing. I had the similar early on when the premise was sort of rolled out. And because when Campbell shows up and Moira Kelly comes out and greets her and is like, yeah, no, he doesn't know. You're, you'll tell him when you're ready. There's a moment I'm like, wait, this is really fucked up to do to both of these people, to do to both this young woman and your husband. Yeah. And I and also like now your daughters are there and this entire time. It's like, oh, sister, but not sister. I won't say it. And I did think the same. I'm like, this is this is fucked up. But it's one of those things (laughs) that I think because Moira Kelly is really good in this and I feel like she's. She's very much coming to this as like, no, 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 I'm not, uh, this isn't nefarious. I'm doing this as a good person. I believe her that she's doing it as a good person. So it didn't feel nearly as absolutely morally wrong as it probably is. I I, want to give her the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, I was like, especially when she found out that the boyfriend knew. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, oh, good. Now I can talk to someone about it. Yeah. Now now they're conspiring together. Yes, true, true. I'm like, "Um, you know, guys, (laughs) uh, I I know you're good intentioned, but really you should be be butting out of this for a moment. Fair. Um, Very fair. (laughs) No, 
Okay, okay so, so she gets a half a point, but she's really not that evil. She's actually genuinely caring about yes. her family, and you don't feel any animosity towards her. No, 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 no. So, she's lovely. Yeah. Now, let's talk about this movie and its approach to montages. Ooh, the baking montage. There's, I, I so, you know what? <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I think these movies have finally broken me to where <laughs> I'm, I'm not immune anymore to their charms. And there's a baking montage. I'm like, yeah, good. Roll that dough. Sniff that dough. Bring me the baking montage. And they do. Uh, yeah, the food, there's two, I think there's like a small montage at the, initial party where they're catering in the beginning of the movie where they're taking photos of their own food and then the, but the baking one is it's, a monumental yeah, montage yeah. like that is how you throw down a freaking mm-hmm. baking montage damn straight I, I i i can't really you know i can't really say anything negative about it matter of fact it might even give it elevated points of how spot that montage is especially since we have been watching some of these movies and together we have been not denied montages. Well, and I thought this movie was doing it because it kept giving me what I'm going to call blue balls montages. It kept start like the Christmas music would play. You'd suddenly get like a Cajun jingle bells as they drive into town. And I'm like, all right, great. And there's a shot of an alligator. And then immediately she gets out of the car and starts talking. And then there's the Christmas party. You mentioned it when suddenly like up on a housetop plays. And I'm like, great. And then immediately we cut to people talking. And uh, uh-huh. this happened again with the Christmas. Um, there's like the Christmas actual fest- festival where they're outside. And it's the same thing. And it kept being like two seconds of what looked like was going to be a montage. And then it didn't. It turned into a scene. And I was getting mad. So the baking montage did save it. But I, it was it was touch and go for a while. Well, may, you know, that's very, you know, maybe that's it, that's the point. Maybe the, whoever these, because these writers seem to be understand what they're writing pretty well. Yeah. Maybe they were deliberately doing that, knowing that there's people that are deliberately looking for montages in these movies. Mm, they're going to keep and, you string you along. And then when she, they hit us, bam, baking montage, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. meat pies and Cajun music, uh, you know, you yep, can't yep. really deny that, right? That's a good point. Because <laughs> this is, so the writers, um, it's Alice Murray, who's written like Hallmark novels and some screenplays. And then I think Emily Moss Wilson is also credited as a, as a writer. And there was one thing that right in the first scene when she's doing like the pitch meeting where the boss kind of says something that I thought was very meta where he's talking about like well we have to do something different for next year's Christmas story because we've already done Christmas on a ranch and we've done a lot of gingerbread Christmases and I'm listening to this I'm like is this about is this self-aware hallmark of well we've already done Christmas on the bayou but we haven't done revealing yourself to be the long-lost daughter of Santa Claus and Christmas on the bayou so I I think that this did this was aware this was a smart movie in that way I, I I almost think that maybe this was written for people like yourself. Mm, maybe. Yeah, maybe. it might be. I'll it, give it credit. I mean, yeah. it, it did make me tear. I won't lie. I I, I was surprised. Yeah. Like, uh, maybe because I love Bruce Campbell so much, I'm just going to be, a, you know, fall for him anyway. Possibly. But, yeah. You know, I, I, am, I have to admit I am biased. <laughs> you know, so there's that. Um, all right, where are we at? We are at number eight, slapstick. Oh yes, there's one clumsy moment. Lots of empty 
presents fall on each other. Oh yeah. my gosh! And that's the meet cute. Oh, that's how oh. she meets uh, Jackson. Oh God! You oh know. boy! Yeah, you know, bumping in. She's got things in her hands full of food. He's got empty he's got empty boxes with bows on top. <laughs> Together, you know? how will they make it work? Oh my God! <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. But once again, and I said this about one December night, when you have Bruce Campbell on your staff, you are not using him for slapstick. Um, you know, you know. I, I feel like Bruce Campbell at this age, like this is one of those things where I remember, oh God, he doesn't was, have to do it anymore. It's got to be so nice for him to be like, yeah, you're going to fly me out to Louisiana, put me up in a really nice hotel. I'm going to film for three days. I'm going to just wear like comfortable Christmas sweaters. I'm not going to do any stunts. I'm not going to film in, in the elements. Like, yeah, I'll be outside. Is it a nice day? Okay, then I'll do your scene. Like, I feel like he's got the the, the power and he, this man does not have to take a hit anymore. Oh, so. you know, he earned his coast, right? Yeah, you yeah. know, he. I'm not saying he's Robert De Niro, but like Robert De Niro, he has earned his coast. He can do what he wants now. Yep. And, you know, he's. It, I don't expect him to be Ash Williams and take a bump on the stairs that's not <laughs> what i mean i just thought it would be maybe more like fun when he's dressed up as paranoel or we get to see him actually yeah. go down the road because we got denied him actually doing his parade we true, only got true. to see the top of it we didn't actually see, get to see him go to the house to house and yeah. pick up the ingredients for the gumbo and drop off the presents and all that we didn't get to see any of that yeah well so, no it's only a know. 90 minute movie what can you yeah, do yeah, i mean I you can so. do a montage that's what you can do but uh, oh i know and but we got a we got baking montage. And, we did, we did, and, and I can't really complain. And you know, and I can't really complain about the slapstick. It's just one of those moments in the movie where I was like, oh well, there's the hallmark. Yep, yep, yes. <laughs> and maybe this movie needed it because otherwise you might have had people at home thinking, hey, what am I watching? Oh, good, okay, they bumped into each other with Christmas presents. I, I'm good, I'm good. I'm watching a hallmark movie. Yeah, so. I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. This is not too dramatic for me. Okay, okay. number nine, sage old person. <laughs> Um, well, there's a couple because yeah. even I would say Brand Bruce Campbell is this age old person, and he definitely is in many ways. Mm -hmm. uh, but the mayor Thompson, he's we had a mayor, yep, yeah, who's and, very like very very zen about things. Yeah, and he's seen a lot and gone through it, and he's chill. Mm -hmm. He's totally chill. Um, you know, once again, uh, stepmom is pretty sage. I'd agree. Yeah, um, her father is pretty sage. Her yep. uh, her. Uh, her, her stepfather, her father. I mean, her, it her seems like. Yeah, she grew up calling him dad, uh, but he's technically her stepfather. The, on paper. the only one that had no chill was her mom. Was her mom a little bit? Yeah. True. Yeah, and and but yet she still was supportive. So mm -hmm. you true, know, true. Yeah, so yeah, I would say she was surrounded by sage old people. Yet they should have just like pushed her like just do it get it over with come on I know, let's do it i know she was uh, dragging her feet yes <laughs> it does bring us to number 10 santa claus oh my god and bruce this is where my head cannon is bruce <laughs> cam i i had no idea that bruce campbell is the cajun santa claus but he is it all makes sense when you really put it together right yeah right bruce I always knew somewhere he the reason why he doesn't die is he has some kind of superpowers. Now we know he's immortal because he's, he's, he's friggin' Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. So he is chosen by this town to be the new Para Noel, mm -hmm. and uh, that's a big. Apparently, in this town, that's like like being bigger than the mayor. Yes, uh, <laughs> it seems like a lot of work, though. It is a lot of work. You have to like get the costume. You, and you have to do the boat thing and then you have to go to people's houses yeah. and you know it's probably a year-long like like 
job. Yeah, it's it's like so, being like Miss America without the crown. Like it it seems I don't know. I don't know. But I'm, but it's Louisiana and I can tell you they know how to throw a parade. Okay. Okay. Uh <laughs> no problems there. Well, good, uh, good for him. I mean, even even in the Cajun country they know how to throw a parade. So, you know, they'll be all right. All they'll right. be all right. The only thing is like once again, he's wearing this very strange costume because it's not a traditional Santa costume at all, is it? It's well, like I think Père Noël is and again I only really know about it because I watched one of these other Christmas in either it was Christmas in Louisiana or Christmas on the Bayou one of these other movies <laughs> that had a similar setup and there was also a Père Noël thing going on uh, I think there, I think Ed Asner was in that one I want to say he was Père Noël but I don't think he was a real Santa Claus but anyway it's a thing where I know it is you know obviously a sort of a a cultural variation on Santa that's very specifically regional and I don't know enough about it to know if some of that costuming is actually correct to that region or not. I I, I don't know either because mm. uh, usually when I'm in Louisiana, it's uh, around Mardi Gras time. Ah. So, um, you know, which is some, you know. So Santa's not walking around with all the beads. No, okay. no. And uh, this year I was two weeks out from Mardi Gras season. I went to the first major parade which is the crew chewbacris that's the science fiction parade two thousand people dressed up in every type of science fiction oh, fun. It, you you would die you that that it. sounds pretty amazing so louisiana knows how to throw it down yes definitely. and they're saying and you know and if anything if they're if I'm sure because they were in sorrento that 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 barge could have been the real deal true true so who knows, right? Yeah. We'll look. We'll do some more research. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah, so. I will probably forget most of this movie in a year, but that's okay. <laughs> a year. Well, that's very generous. You're right. <laughs> Moving on to the bonuses. So the first thing is our music, uh, which is generally public domain holiday songs or very. Um, uh, essentially public domain cheap word salad Christmas songs. What do we get well, here? A healthy mix. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. Healthy mix, and uh, uh, we heard "Deck the Halls" twice, but it was a Cajun remix mm-hmm. both times. There was a Cajun remix of "Jingle Bells" on yes. the credits. There was an "Up well, on the House Top" Cajun style. Uh, well, that that was one on the credits. That's what okay. It was the, and the trio, and then at the festival, there was that trio. And they did "Deck the Halls" and they did uh, "Old Lang Syne." Yes, yes. And, and it was actually pretty good. Yeah, there was also I and I didn't bother to look it up because it's impossible to watch on Hallmark's credits when they like scroll really quickly in a tiny window because they're busy starting the next movie. But it felt like there was a I wrote like a folksy feisty like feist the singer feist not like feisty as in you know spunky that there was it seemed like they had somebody like a voice that I heard like a few times in the movie that was doing sort of folky word salad Christmas songs that I did not recognize but that like sounded fine and kind of fit the tone of this movie so oh yeah the, there it, that person there was either it was the same song in a different spot or it was mm-hmm. two different songs but either way they sounded the same yeah but it fit like tonally it kind of fit well like yeah again like the soundtrack was done well for this movie which you don't always see healthy mix i like again this is not like you know i i didn't feel like i wasted my two hours watching this same same uh number two is our secret family recipe yes it's a main plot point (laughs) tell me about the secret family recipe oh my god it's something in their meat pies now i have seen motel hell 
Um, right. So I know what's in the meat pies. Or if you watch Seeny Todd, you know what's in the meat pies. But they don't tell us. It's a family secret. It's a family secret. But make a plot point. At the very end of the movie, she gets to read the family secret in her brand new journal. And we don't see the secret because it's got to be people, right? Oh, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. We know. We know. We know know as in, you know, the fritters. We know. Uh, You know, but yeah, but now she knows too. So, uh, you know, and, uh, but we will never know what the secret in Fritter is. But yes, it is a major plot Mm -hmm. point. Yes. Uh, There is also um, a a not so secret because I think he tells us all the ingredients in it, although he didn't list them out. But Jackson brings um, Campbell a a cup of coffee and he says, oh, it's my grandma's famous Cajun eggnog coffee. And he does list it out and it sounded nutmeg, I think, was like the main ingredient. But it was like nutmeg and red pepper and paprika and like. And I'm a big, like, savory sweet person. Like, I, I like a, you know, I don't like things that are overly sweet. I, I like a, um, you know, like a salty sweet type thing. I, I, I enjoy those kinds of tastes. Like, I don't want a sweet coffee. But that did kind of sound disgusting. Like, it was just a lot of words, like, list read off of, let me look in a spice cabinet and list a bunch of things. And it did not um, sound appealing. Uh, I, I would agree with you. The only thing I would say is I know one thing about Louisiana is that they put unusual ingredients together and sometimes you, you know have what? to be open-minded about it. That's, That's fair. Uh, yeah, like chicory coffee, know. which is amazing and I love. And that is not something that necessarily uh, – and, yeah. and they do eat beignets in this movie. They do, yeah, yes. With yes. their coffee. Yes. Uh, yeah. All right, number three is our small business in danger, which – we don't have because Not the, at all. Is it the Bergeron family bakers apparently are thriving by, I mean, you know, uh, murdering um, other daughters of the family or something and using their flesh in their uh, amazing meat pies, but it's working for them. So Yeah, and they're distributing. Yes, yes, nationally. So, they, hey, they, hey. so, so they're doing fine. Um, clearly, the other family is loaded in Dallas. Look, that house they right? had is huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, she looks like she had a really good upbringing with that family. Mm-hmm. She's definitely a rich girl. And apparently it pays say. well to write for like airplane magazine, even though most of those magazines are no longer in print. But no. everybody's happy. So, yeah. So, OK. Number four, product placement. Was there really much product placement? There wasn't. Me? The one thing that I noted, because I watching the whole movie and I wasn't, you know, I'm always thinking about it, but I wasn't directly thinking about it. And I thought, oh, yeah, I guess there's nothing. And so much so that in the last scene, when uh, you think Campbell has given up, but instead, out of nowhere, and we don't see what happened, Campbell just shows up to uh, the Bergeron house with a bunch of presents. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if it's her or Jackson says, like, we got presents. The big box store on Highway 10 is open all night. <laughs> and it just felt very funny that they didn't say, like, did you know Walmart's 24 hours? It was just, you know, this sort of, like, here's how to, here, we decided you would wonder how we got all these presents so quickly, uh, when it didn't seem like I was planning to bring presents for five people. But don't worry, big box stores are open. But we're not going to tell you which one, because they didn't, you know, they weren't sponsoring no. the program. It, I think it said something about, yes, it is open at 4 a.m. on Christmas Eve, something like that, you know. I guess, but yeah. He sounded a little annoyed 
but also like supportive. Mm, yeah, time. which I mean, it's how I think we all feel about those kinds of stores. Like, yeah, we don't want them to be there and take over things at the same time. You're like, well, oh, and and I don't think honestly that was his intention of hanging out together for their first night on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Yes, I remember my first date with my husband when I introduced him to the family that he already knew, but that didn't know I was part of that family. And, you know, then we just reminisced for the next several hours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. So he, 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 he's a keeper because he's got to deal with all this. I guess. Yeah. Well, we'll see, at least in this world. This true. Universe. True. Yeah, okay. Now, number five, cloying child. Yes. We got two, actually. Yeah, tell me about these kids. We got a teenage girl. I don't know how old she is. She's a teenager. She, she's a typical teenager, as she is described more than once we in this don't movie. Know. She once again, she's nerdy and she just, likes social media and refers to uh, things as she refers to social media as the gram. Which does anybody actually we, say that? That isn't in a movie. Yeah, I think the other girl might have been nine, going on mm-hmm. ten, maybe. Yep. Uh, maybe a tad bit younger, but I think she was nine, going on ten. Yeah. She's a writer. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, so she, she's, and she's also very like, oh, I'm in love with you already. Like instantly becomes like a fan of this girl. And, and yeah. you know, maybe Which is unhealthy, it's just an unhealthy yeah. thing to have, like in a, in a child. And, and she's playing with these kids and she's hanging out with them and they don't know who she really is. Yeah, really weird. And I thought it was a little, like it's a little really weird, weird. At the same time, like the bonding scenes, most of the scenes, except for the one where, of course, they threw food at each other because they got to do that when you're decorating something because there's once again more baking. They did this like, remember the the ice cream? They were making ice cream snowmen that looked really cute but seemed incredibly impractical. Yeah. And then like they threw stuff at each other. Yes. It seems like you only do that for a picture and then for a food fight. But but the next scene was actually rather sweet and surprisingly yeah. good and and you know the kids are actually decent actors. They were, yes. I both I didn't hate them. Like I, I I wanted to change their what they looked like. Their <laughs> hair was like not like I don't know something very fake about their hair, <laughs> like not age appropriate. Maybe that's I, fair. You know maybe maybe because I, I think they're trying to age them down. Because they're mm. older than they're playing. They're that makes sense. Playing. That does make sense. Uh, that's my guess. You know, especially the teenager. Because we don't know how old she is. She's just a She's teenager. a teenager. <laughs> uh, there's so. also a lot of, like, kid extras. And some of them look like they did not want to be there. Yeah. And everyone is bundled up in uh, clothes. I think there was one shot of it raining. And everyone is like, it's the middle of summer. And we're, <laughs> we're not getting paid a lot for this. <laughs> so, you know. But you know whatever the kids were the kids could have been they were worse. Fun. Yes, yeah. they could have been. It wasn't like last year's kid. True. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'd almost forgotten. I'd almost forgotten, and now I'm having flashes, flashes. and it hurts. I'm oh, sorry. that little dancing boy. Let's oh. see. Number six was finding the perfect tree, which we don't get a no, tree. No, we already have so that's okay. trees. We already have them up. But yes, there's yes. lots of decorating of said trees. Of course, of course. Um, and I have to say that the alligator ornament, even though to me it looked like Godzilla, um, <laughs> I thought was really cute. The yes. one that they put on initially on the tree. You are right. I did. I noted that too. Yeah. Now we get to the big one. Number seven, empty coffee cup acting. Okay. Oh my God. There was so much of it, right? Well, and the first 
scene, the, not the first scene, but it's like the second scene in the movie where uh, she's going to visit her mom and stepdad and, and like she makes a comment of how like, oh yeah, they wanted me to bring them coffee. And I'm like, oh boy, here it comes. And that scene to me was actually okay. And I was like, briefly fooled into thinking we were going to get good coffee cup acting and then the rest of the movie happened and i have 17 notes i like how she was walking in with three of them on one of those plastic i mean those uh, little cardboard holders yeah Yeah. and she's like swinging it around like it's a frisbee you know oh yeah she has no idea how to empty coffee coffee yeah and and she wasn't even as egregious as shepherd was he was like so bad Jackson was the worst. Oh well, my god, so bad. And also, this to me was really weird because he's like, she's so she's staying on his property, I guess, and he comes over with coffees and he's like, my grandma's uh, secret recipe I made for you, and he brings them over in takeout cups with like the plastic lids. Does he have those in his house? That seemed very strange to me. That's what I'm saying. Did he? Op- is he going to move to Dallas and open a coffee shop? Because clearly there's something like he's going ready on for there. it. He's got the supplies. Yeah. Yeah. No. So that that was my theory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wrote okay. down in my notes. Um, oh, it's bad. It's very, very bad <laughs> regarding the empty coffee cup acting. So I'm going to try to say this fast, but I had to tell you something. So I'm ground. I'm surfing Tubi looking for bad Christmas movies. Partly your fault, but partly I'm because sorry. I do I that. And Tubi is a treasure trove, as yeah. you know. Yeah, it so is. I see a movie with caster friend dean from 2012 called christmas twister i have i yes 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 okay continue continue. okay so the first of all the screen comes up with the title card and it's misspelled it's chris (laughs) tam's twister (laughs) and we actually took screen captures of it because (laughs) we're like okay and it's just a black and white card like like no one even gave a fuck to change it yeah so and, and then movie starts and i won't go into details but it hits these tropes just like all these other Mm -hmm. movies with the exception that there's no coffee in this Mm. movie because they also mentioned they're in texas it's a southern movie they're at the mall and we have now seen an upgrade to empty lemonade jumbo cup oh okay i love it i love it yep if you want to see some teenagers on a variant on our coffee cup acting i have now seen lemonade jumbo cups acting i mean i would even posit that this movie gives us a variation because when campbell shows up to the house she's got her rolling suitcase with her she's staying for a few days so it makes sense and she is standing there and moira kelly's coming out of the out of the house to come see her and campbell is just holding her rolling suitcase like in her arm and walking with it when the oh, ground right. clearly looks very level. So she could have very easily rolled the suitcase, which it was designed to do, but apparently it was also so light that she could also fling it around as if it were an empty coffee cup. But, but everything was empty in this movie. Yeah. The, the, yep. the, the suitcases were empty, the presents were empty, the coffee yeah, cups were yeah. empty. There was not a single weight to anything. The <laughs> only thing that wasn't empty was there was two wine glasses in the scene with the, mm. with the first party. Okay. And there was ever so slight red juice of some kind at the bottom of the plastic mm. white cups. Now that's how clear, or actually they were clear. But either way, it was just a, you know, and it's so funny that I actually look for that stuff I know. in details. Now. I know I've created <laughs> monsters all across the world. Yes, you uh, have. Yes, you have. There you was a scene uh, towards the it's towards the end where Bruce Campbell brings Campbell. It's, I just said that out loud. He comes <laughs> and he walks out with he's like, oh, I got you some hot cocoa, and he's carrying two very very like actually heavy looking ceramic mugs 
and she takes it in her hands and her arms do drop like she picks it up clearly this was a real prop it it was we learn it's empty very quickly because she immediately brings it into her mouth and starts drinking and i'm thinking like you know what this is okay because at least like it looks like it has weight to it and then i feel like they adr'd slurping effects <laughs> just i was like ah come on you finally did it and then you still couldn't do it right but and, you know we it, it, it's 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 a it's a struggle is it, real it really is it really is i mean we've never seen this ever get it like have we ever actually seen this? no we have never seen uh, this i mean here and there like what did i we I, the one i just watched but it was from 1997 so that's why so oh, like okay. there there was like good coffee acting but it was like good actors and it wasn't yet an actual hallmark movie so that's you why. know at least it wasn't those porcelain cups with the with the fake uh coffee drinks from last time those mm. were my favorite so oh far oh my god yeah the food props that were like all made out of plastic where the yeah. whipped cream wasn't moving yes yes yeah no, you're right you're right we've gone through so much <laughs> we really have uh number eight actress trying hard not to actually eat on camera uh, uh i i think jc elliott was slamming down some beignets Oh, and actually, they were kind of clever about this. Like, the meat pie thing is essential to the story. And he offers her a meat pie and a walk. And we cut back, and she's literally putting the last corner of the meat pie in her mouth. Yes, yes. And yep. I thought that was clever. They did take one bite out of one meat pie in the end of the of the baking montage, which mm -hmm. I appreciated. Yes. But you don't see them eat anything else. They yeah. immediately put it down. Considering so, that's kind of the point of going to Louisiana is to eat oh it is absolutely oh, yeah. i i don't think i've ever had a meat pie down there same I've yeah it's, it's not a food i associate i've had beignets oh. i've had i mean food that wasn't necessarily featured in this movie but yeah <laughs> let's see number nine uh we don't really have canadianisms because this was not actually filmed in canada it was filmed no but in Louisiana. once again not a single accent to be found that that is very true yes yeah. uh number 10 warm weather watch we can kind of excuse it because it's Louis. I don't know what the weather is in Louisiana right now, but uh, it's probably about the same as what it is here. No, kind of I think it's, it's warmer, isn't it? Yeah, it usually is. It's it, it can get down to forty, and people are like thinking it's the end of the world there. Uh, you know, but uh, it, that's about it. Uh, it's the coldest I've ever experienced. Louisiana was forty degrees. Well, let's see. So, so I'm today. It's unseasonably warm by me today. It's fifty-seven degrees, and in Baton Rouge today, it's fifty-five degrees. Yeah, it's that's probably about typical. It's about fifties for us here. Right? Yeah, it looks like it's going to be in the sixties all week. If you're in Baton Rouge, uh, the week, the, the whatever it is, the third week in December, you're going to have a pretty nice week. So yeah, yeah no, no. So we give them a pass because this is the South. Yes. Um, yes. So, and it was shot on location, so mm -hmm. they, get, they get a point for that. Now, number 11 is our old people aggressively matchmaking our leads. Oh, my God. Mom. <laughs> Stepmom, again. That's yeah. why I said I give her a half point for conniving, because she also, she not does. only is she orchestrating this whole meetup with the yeah. dad, she's also trying to set up her with the archivist. Like, immediately. Without immediately. them actually meeting, she's like, oh, yeah, that's why I have her staying on this property, because I know they'll yeah. bump into each other. You see admits to it immediately. Like, and, like, that, how that does she know anything about, like, I, I mean, well, we know, because she, she even admits it early on. She's like, well, you can find anything out on the internet. So this woman has been, like, Facebook stalking uh, Campbell. She probably, like, oh, my God, she probably, like, the dating app catfished her at different times just to figure out what she likes to make this work. Like, there, you're, you know what? There is a, a far more ominous Lifetime movie to be made from the Moira Kelly character's point of view where she is, like, 
just Svengali-ing everything about her town and the people around her. Like I said, in a, a slight twist, this movie could have actually been rather creepy. Yes, which is true of most of these movies, just and in different ways. And that is true, but they yeah. wear it on their sleeve this time around. But, Very you much, know, yeah. But it's still a Hallmark movie, and everyone comes out happy at the end. And everybody looks great, because we are at the last beat, and that is our favorite fashion moment. Well... Other than I was impressed with the dangly earrings on the lead mm-hmm. this time, I have to say it's it's seeing the awkward moment of of seeing Bruce Campbell dressed as Pierre Noel. Ah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it was awkward yet awesome and a little sexy. Yeah. Well, it's Bruce Campbell. Like mm-hmm. the picture, that picture of him holding the baby. You- oh, the same. I'm like, ooh, hunky Bruce Campbell, daddy Bruce Campbell. Same <laughs> thing. Same thing. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was the Bruce Campbell that I fell in love with once yeah. upon a time, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, 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 so there was that going on. But you know, so I would say that was because everybody else was very like really whitewashed generic. There was not a lot of flavor when it came to fashion. It was very red and green everywhere. Yeah, but Campbell's <sighs> coat in that uh, the final like festival on that big Christmas thing she's got this really like this forest green pea coat with a hood oh, with like yeah. those that buttons nice. that caught my eye that was one where i was like "Ooh, i wonder if i should confine that because that one was where because for the most part also like i i liked campbell's wardrobe i thought like oh, some interesting choices that actually could work on me just because again it's rare that i see somebody closer in my body size uh but that coat i definitely want that coat I will I will agree with you. The green coat did stand out because mm-hmm. I actually when she's talking with uh, Jackson on the hill there and they're trying to get her back. Go talk yeah. to him. That that coat looks great in that shot. It does. So it, does. it really does. Uh, and, you know, and no one looks bad in the movie. She's yeah. dressed. She's dressed what a journalist would be wearing in the South in Christmas time. To be exactly. Honest with you. Uh, so there's all that. I, I thought everyone was pretty suburban looking, especially the Dallas people. But that's actually it's Dallas. So what can you say? Sure. Uh, <laughs> it looks like Dallas. Dallas is not known for their fashion sense per se. They, they But, you know, I, I, I won't go into dissing on Dallas. I was going to another... say, like, look, I don't know if anybody listens in Dallas. I don't know if this podcast has reached there, but I also don't want people from Dallas coming at me. So I want no, to be very no, clear. I am not no. saying any of this. No, no, no. And and, and you can only I, – I, I lived in Texas, so my opinion of Texas is a little di- – I have a very different viewpoint very of Texas. Uh, I've lived a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm in Georgia. So <laughs> home of many a Hallmark movie. So oh my god, so many they film There's a lot always, there. Yeah, they shoot so much in this town. It's they do ridiculous, and it was interesting to be down here for the stag strike. But that's another podcast oh, yeah. entirely. Mm. Uh, All right, so. well, and I guarantee maybe one of these years you will get to come on here and talk about a movie that you have witnessed the filming of. Oh, <laughs> I have. Witnessed you can probably it. be an extra if you if you really work hard on it. You can find a way. All right, so. Do you recommend, and if so, who would you recommend to whatever this movie is called, My Southern Family Christmas? First, I know there's Bruce Campbell completists, and they've watched worse movies. Oh, so, you, you are not so, wrong about that. So uh, Bruce Campbell completists, absolutely worth your time. It's kind of like, it's not, I don't know if I would call it refreshing, but it what it. It is a little different than your normal Hallmark movies, yet it mm-hmm. will totally hit the right spots and the right itches, and you'll enjoy it. So I would say uh, you know, they play it at odd times. 
I noticed it plays like at four in the morning on Hallmark. So they obviously know it's a little darker than the normal one. So yeah, this it. not necessarily the, and which is how I had to watch it because Hallmark on my has a weird thing. I don't get the Hallmark channel, but I can DVR the Hallmark channel. So maybe you can do out there. Uh, and I agree. This is one that um, I ultimately liked. I thought this was a movie, which I don't always say, but uh, it is done pretty well. There's a there's enough there that you can tell the writers and director um, know what the audience is expecting, and they can they play with it a little bit. Uh, the relationships are nice. Bruce Campbell's fantastic. Moira Kelly is fantastic. And it's so nice to see her in this movie, and I. If you're, I don't know, if you watch these hoping you actually have an emotional connection to them, it really might work. Like, I don't usually. I watch these, you know, with a pen to look for empty coffee cups, and every now and then I'll actually be moved by something. And I was moved by this. I was shocked to say that, but I was. Yeah, um, I would say I didn't, like I said, I didn't hate my time. And, you know, I I'm, I have less tolerance for these movies than you do. Mm-hmm. And and I felt fine with it. You know, I, I would watch it with somebody if they wanted me to. Um, as a Bruce Campbell fan, it totally <laughs> works. On, you know, it, it's actually like one of his better performances in yeah, a he gets while. To act. He gets to actually act, which I feel like he has not done in a while. Which no, is and he has refreshing. range. He has mm-hmm. complexity. Yeah. You know, when he says there's a dark period, you friggin' believe him. Right. I still want to know what that is. And we Me could just too. say, well, that was when that was the period of time when he opened the Necronomicon. That might be an entertaining well, read on this okay. movie. Final thing to close out with. When they're giving away the final presents, there's not one but two leather bound journals in that shot. I, with yes. Bruce Campbell in <laughs> I, I as a Bruce Campbell fan, when I saw those come out, I'm like, oh no. Let's do it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Let your brain fill in where this goes. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. (laughs) Well, Elizabeth, as always, it is fantastic having you here. Now, you do a million things. You do creative things. You do intellectual things. And I say that as if they're two different things, but they can be (laughs) the same. Tell everybody, what are you doing? What are you up to? Where can we find you? Well, I have my own podcast. Uh, We've been doing it for nine years. It's Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches, but you can find us at at the Sexy Witches on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, We do um, blog talk. We're on blog talk platform. We are a live call-in show. Uh, We had a pretty rough ninth season. We're very inconsistent on, on, uh, on shows this year, but we're still there. And our end of the year is this 13th this week. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, our 2023. Everything we like, except for movies themselves, we save that for its own show. But we can talk about things in movies, like Best Kill, for yes. example, which was in a movie called Suitable Flesh. Most people didn't see it, but you know, it, it, we talk. We'll talk about things like that, and you know, favorite music, movies, whatever. And I, of course, will shamelessly plug this show as well. Oh, well, and before we finish shamelessly plugging, you also have movies that you've produced that are out there yes, for people. Yes, I've, um, there is movies, they're called the the FP series. Uh, they were shot and uh, directed by uh, Jason Trost and his brother did the first two movies, Brandon Trost, who's now this like way famous cinematographer. Um, and uh, I produced, uh, I was acted in two, the FP2, Ooh. Beats of Rage, and I produced three and four which are kind of game they're kind of gaming movies it's dance dance revolution to the death fun in a, po- 
in a comedy post dystopian uh, post apocalyptic future. Um, it has its own language. I highly recommend using the subtitles, especially the ones on Amazon when they were doing it. It was absolutely brilliant, but you can watch it all for free on Tubi. Um, but definitely turn on the subtitles because they are glorious. And it's just a stupid, stupid, fun movies. Lots of great music. Everyone, the costumes are incredible. Matter of fact, Sarah Trost, their sister, did the costumes. And now she works for uh, Jodah Hill and all his movie uh, shows, Eastbound and Down and Vice Principals. And uh, the one with the uh, the priests, I mean, the the, the evangelicals, the, the, this, the big, my, the Rhinestones show. Ah, oh, Righteous Gem- Gems, is that it? The Righteous Gemstones, that's it. <laughs> Uh, she did I mean, all basically, those are rhinestones in their own. Yeah, way. she did. She did all the costumes for those that show too. Well, so, fabulous. So, so there's a lot of pedi- hidden pedigree on these very low budget movies. Definitely worth uh, watching. So, fantastic. Uh, we are gonna go make ourselves some eggnog coffee and <laughs> find uh, the the right person to make that secret ingredient meat pie and have ourselves merry little Christmases. And I wish Bruce Campbell was my father. Aww. Demons do their very own special dance! In hell we dance our own special way! Let's show them how we dance while our bodies decay! Don't we bounce like backstreet? Not without a heartbeat! Do we grab like Michael Bibbins? Bibbs of all before the living! Do we walk like tag team? Not without a bloodstream! Let's not like that group did! No, that's just stupid! 